Hey kids, welcome back. <laughs> you just heard the an ad and a trailer for uh, the King of Staten Island, and we watched it. Yeah. A, lot, a while ago. You can, because you'll have to refresh my memory. I watched it maybe five days ago. Okay, I watched it last night. Um, okay. I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was one of Judd Apatow's better movies he's made recently. Mm. Like, it's probably the best movie he's made since Knocked Up that I can think of. I'd say so. I'd agree with that. Um, and it's good. It has... That's, okay, so I, I, I do have topics this time. So we were talking before in the first half about, like, com- comedic director's styles and how they don't really have, like, a visual flair aside from, like, um, Adam McKay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought maybe the comedic style for directors is in the storytelling as opposed... Because, I mean, every comedic director has a specific type of story they always tell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Mel Brooks has always got the same... Makes the same type of movies. Parody. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, uh, fucking Judd Apatow always makes, like, you know, heartfelt like man boy man child movies yes um you know adam sandler always makes raunchy toilet humor comedy movies not always but for the most part for his comedies and so i think i think john apato's style is officially lovable man boy like that's his thing all of his main characters are lovable man boys who are pieces of shit degenerates at the beginning of the film, but by the end, something happens and they become better. So that's, mm. Judd, I think that's Judd Apatow's style. And I think it works really well, this movie. I think Pete Davidson and Bill Burr have great chemistry. I did Agreed. not expect that. I, but, yeah. Yeah, they work so well together. And it was good to see Burr in like, cause he's done a lot of acting, like uh, not a ton, but he's been in a lot of stuff. And um, he's got to show up for family. But I feel like this is the first time he really got to like, because he, he's, I don't, you, you love Gilbert. He talks about the podcast that he just loves acting. Like anytime he gets a chance to do a movie, he will always say yes to it because he loves acting. Mm. You can tell this is the first time he really got to like stretch his legs with a role. Like he actually got to like dig into a character. And it's not like, you know, Breaking Bad where his character was very one dimensional or F is for Family where all the characters are kind of one dimensional, but it's, you know, as the season go on a little deeper. But I mean, this character was deep. Like he had a lot of complexities to him. Um, so did Pete David's character. I don't know if anybody has depicted depression on screen as good as they did in this movie, though. Yeah, I'd agree, I'd agree with that. It's like he was. I mean, obviously, it helps that Pete Davidson suffers from depression. Um, but I mean, like they really conveyed, and I think this is a big thing that I don't know. If, I don't know if you picked up on, but I definitely picked up on. But throughout the entire movie, a running theme was he was always. He's been the whole movie. He's always very vocal about his emotional state. Always. Mm-hmm. He always says, hey, that's not a good idea. I'm going to be like this. I'm going to be like that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Everybody fucking ignores him the whole yep. movie. 100%. They ignore yeah. him. Yep. That- he gives them warnings. Like, he tells them, don't let me do this. Don't let me, you know, be in charge of this kid or don't let me do this. And they're like, oh, no, it's fine. You're beating yourself up. And then he does exactly what he says he's going to do. 100%. That reflects, like, a really big problem with mental health. This is going to – this might be a deep episode. <laughs> but, I mean, it reflects a really big problem with mental health and that is that most people, people who don't suffer from any kind of like mental health disorder, like depression, uh, that's obviously the big one, but you know, anxiety, OCD, ADD, like people who talk to them, try to talk to them as if they don't have depression. Yep. I mean, like, that's, it's like, oh, just get over it. <laughs> it's, like, I, it's funny. I just rewatched Joker and loved it more the second time around. But uh, one of the things that he writes in his notebook is pertinent to this, where it's just like every... If you don't have, if you have a mental illness, the funniest thing is people trying to convince you you don't, 
or yeah. tr- trying to pretend like you don't or something like that. And they it's want like, you to pretend like you don't. They want you to pretend like you don't. And that it's so funny that like I feel like now there's still this anti it's I was thinking about this while watching the movie and Joker as well, but there's this thing of like trying to normalize um, mental health and talking about it, but then you still have staunch people who are just like, well, I mean, who cares? It's a man. It's like, don't you want us to talk? I, I don't know what we're supposed to do at this point. Like, it's almost like there's supposed to be no sympathy if you're fucked up. Just don't be fucked up, but also admit that you're fucked up. It's such an interesting thing to look at, but we've seen more and more films that are trying to explore this, and then people lambast it for it's like, oh, it's just, you know, it's it's another man going through something. And it's like, how about we talk about everybody going through something? We all I mean, are. there are, there are to, to anybody who says that's defense, there aren't a lot of depictions of women dealing with depression on screen. No, I mean... I don't know why. Probably because most screenwriters most, are really men. Yeah, directors. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, it is odd that like, even though I feel like for the most part in society, women are more vocal when yeah. they are dealing with depression than men are. Like men are all like, you know, oh, I'm fine. But like, you know, in action, but in movies, it's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Like the women never are depressed ever, and the men are always depressed. Well, and then when, be, they, when they say, fair. "Oh, I'm depressed," it's like, "Ah, get out, get out." Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> to be fair, I think that more movies should be made from that like that point of view as well. I mean, you have you know, Lady Bird, um, which I liked. Uh, we didn't do it for the pod. Um, what, what's the other one? Super bad with women. We didn't watch it. Book smart. Booksmart, I really wanted to watch that. Little Women, I loved. I thought that dealt with a lot of, you know, grief and loss and stuff like that. And feelings. It's just like, movies can be literally whatever you want them to be. I wish more people would take chances on these things, but you also have to have the money behind it that allows you to take that chance. And I feel like this is a a good example of that happening. I thought it was great. Um, it, It... made me laugh out loud at a couple points but it wasn't like knock down drag out hilarious like i was hoping but yeah, it, was, it was a lot more serious than i thought it was gonna be yeah it was still a really good movie though so i did love absolutely love are we doing spoilers oh yeah we were talking for so long we're usually by now we're already in the spoiler section so i kind of fucking yeah we uh, haven't really talked anything specific so Okay, so people, spoiler alert. This is a good movie. Go watch it if you don't want stuff spoiled for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to spoil some stuff. We're going to spoil a lot of stuff probably because there's let's, some spoilerific stuff in here. Let's do it. Um, my absolute favorite part of this movie was the fucking pharmacy robbery. Oh, I felt so tense during that whole Dude, scene. I love that scene. I, I loved it. It was very tense. But like the part that cracked me up was just when, because the, the, the getaway signal is you up. Yeah. And for anyone who hasn't seen the movie, Pete has a problem with saying this because he's afraid if they get caught, it'll look like he's trying to fuck his friends. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a very funny complaint to have. But then when the excellent shit does go sideways, spoiler alert, the they go to rob this pharmacy. The guy who owns the pharmacy is in the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And the dude's got a fucking gun because apparently he's been robbed before. Also, backstory more, Pete's friends, his name is Scott in the movie, his friends are all like pothead degenerates and they need to get money and... Scott wants to get a job, but instead of getting a job, he tries to do the quick route of them robbing a pharmacy. But the the getaway symbol is supposed to be you up, and it's, he's freaking out so much when it happens because he hears the gunshots and he just starts saying, "You up, you up, you up! Wanna fuck? Wanna fuck? Wanna fuck? Wanna fuck?" Yeah, 
That was really that funny. fucking killed it. And then I was laughing at the ringtones that are happening while he's oh, yeah. texting Elias because it's like I can't even remember what they are, but it's just these ridiculous. Like the, the default Nokia ringtone was one of them. Yeah, and then so, like songs. There were two songs. I can't remember what they were, but just the idea yeah. of hearing these weird songs while you're getting shot at by fucking. Uh, it's cameo. Who the fuck was that? Albert Brooks? Is that who it was? No, that was not Albert Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> it was somebody. It was. it was some rando, I think. Uh, no, Robert Schmeagel. That's who it was. That was Robert Schmeagel? Pretty sure, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Him and Judd Apatow, yeah. Yeah, he was in Knocked Up. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always forget his face. Yeah, he's got um, a very forgettable Michael, face. Robert Schmeagel. Robert Schmeagel. Who cares? Yeah. Um, Schmeagel is Gollum. <laughs> Robert Schmeagel. <laughs> Robert, you Robert Schmeagel. No, I'm done. Anyway, um, I, I knew you, one of us would do it. You ever seen the show? What we do? What, the show? What we do in the shadows? I've seen the movie. I started the show. And, I just started uh, the show finish. today. I knocked out eight episodes. Wow. Um, I was at a friend's house, um, and I can do a perfect impression of uh, Laszlo. Impressing, huh? Yeah, impressing. You never heard one of those? Impressing. Oh, very impress, very impressing. You want to hear my Laszlo from What We Do in the Shadows? Let's hear it. Here we go. Tell me, give me something to say as Laszlo, and I'll say it. Hey, how? What did you have for breakfast today? <laughs> hey, what did you have for breakfast today? Hey, pretty good. Bad, I, right? I know him from other things. Jackie's watched a ton of British shows, and uh, the IT crowd is great. It's a really but, good show. Chris uh, O'Dowd, man. Yeah. Um, Richard but yeah, I, I do want to talk about uh, Marissa Tomei. Because mm, she's wonderful? Uh, no. <laughs> because she's a fucking amazing actress. Yeah. And I was going to say, I've never seen Marissa Tomei in a movie where I didn't at least like her in the movie. And this mm-hmm. was no question. Like, she was very great in this movie. Also... Kudos to this movie for having two strong female characters in it. Hell yeah. Two. Fucking two. Yeah. What world are we living in right now? Judd the Apatow's world. Her shit together. The fucking daughter, who is Judd Apatow's real life daughter, has her shit together. Yep. Which is probably why she has her shit together. But I mean, like, I just love the idea in this movie that, like, and this is not going to coming from, I'm not like, a, obviously, you know me, I'm not a man basher. But we very rarely get times in cinema where, like, the two male leads are like just bumbling jackasses. Mm-hmm. And then like the females are the ones holding the movie together. Like the female leads are the ones keeping it together. I will say that's a typical Judd Apatow thing though. That's another thing. Very strong female Not, characters. I don't know. Knocked or, up them. Catherine Heigl? Oh, for sure. Her whole complaint about that movie was that she didn't look strong during it. That's because it's her complaint. She doesn't represent the fucking movie. I mean, if you've watched... I've never thought she looked strong. I've always hated her in that movie. But it's the same with watching Breaking Bad and then seasons one through four, everyone's like, Skylar's a stupid cunt. Yeah, but I've gone back and watched Breaking Bad and I totally agree with Skylar. Watch Knocked Up Again. I have. I've watched it like 10 times. Have you really? Oh, God. She annoys the shit out of me every time. Well, maybe it's because you uh, identify more with Seth Rogen. I don't know. Well, I mean, I like Leslie Mann's great, man. <laughs> uh, Leslie Mann's also in Funny People. I feel like she's a strong character in that. Doorman. Doorman. Um, she's, uh, what's the other one? Um, Trainwreck. I mean, that's that's the bumbling, that's the lead, the she's, female she lead. She plays the bumbling lead. In yeah. It. They put Rory um, Strobel as the fucking straight man in that movie. Come on. That was I Feel Pretty. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Still though. 
Chris uh, O'Dowd. Was, was it Chris O'Dowd? In no, he's, no, he's in. Bill Hader. There we go. Train wreck. Chris O'Dowd is in This Is Forty. Bill Hader stars in Trainwreck. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's also a, that's also a problem when you put your your name on so many movies. People start to think that one movie is another movie, and well, Tim Burton has the same problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tim Burton is like everyone thinks that all those like stop motion movies are all Tim Burton films, and they're not. They're just not. Which is the same by Judd Apatow. He produces a lot of shit, and so because it always let's say like a Judd Apatow film, even if he doesn't direct it. Yeah. I was going to say there are three strong female characters in this movie because Pete Davidson's oh. girlfriend. Yeah. Holy she is, shit. She is fantastic in this movie. She's really good. Not only is she fantastic, but she's probably one of the, not counting Scott, like one of the deepest characters in the film. Agreed. Because yep. you think you think you know who she is in the first scene you see her in. Like you think she's just this Staten Island, like hoop earring kind of girl. Mm-hmm. But then you find out over the course of the film, one, she's extremely fucking intelligent. She's goal oriented. She's got her shit together. And she's riding Scott's back the whole movie, trying to make him a better person. Yep. And it's funny because like it never establishes ever that she's not that kind of person. But you don't really pick up on it until like you realize over the course of the movie. Oh, this whole time she's been like the nicest person in this movie. You just assume, and I think I think this movie does a great job explaining assumptions and stuff like that. Especially like you know with Staten Island, every like they have constant conversations about how awful this place is, and she's just like, no, I think it's great. I just wish that people would accept that. You know, like everyone thinks Brooklyn's great, even though it wasn't before, and now everyone thinks it is. She's like, the same thing can happen with Staten Island. And her whole arc is trying to work for the fucking city to yeah. make it better. Yeah. And it's it's that's just something that you wouldn't expect to see in, you know, a mainstream movie like this. So yeah. I, I commend everybody involved for doing that. Well, I mean, that's the one thing that Judd Apatow has always excelled at, even in his worst movies, is he's always written relatable characters like he's always mm-hmm. written realistic characters even if it's like even if it is Catherine Heigl that knocked up I mean it's still like I mean I've, I've had a pregnant girlfriend before like it's not very inaccurate and what it's like you know what that, I mean that's why you don't like Catherine Heigl and knocked up you do relate more with Seth Rogen well I mean my girlfriend at the time wasn't like as like uh on edge as Catherine Heigl was in the movie but like I understand like that she was like, you know, she's going through fucking hormones because she's having a goddamn baby. You know what's funny? I worked at Jimmy John's uh, for years. And when oh, I, I worked, yeah. I, Hi, Judy Crispin. I worked there and I worked there with a pregnant girl multiple times, different women. I've worked there a decade. So I worked there, but she, uh, the pregnant woman, she's about to give birth like in fucking seven days or some shit. <laughs> it's like the ring. She was about to give birth. And she, the oven went off, so it's like, eh, and then she walks by it, turns it off, and then walks away, and then comes back and looks at it, and is like, why did you put this on hold? What we're supposed to do is put it on 20 minutes, and then, so every time it goes off, it reminds us to check bread levels and stuff like that. So she went to it, put it on hold, walked away, came back, and then blamed me for it. And I'm like you did that. She's like, no, like she fucking lost her goddamn mind. And I'm like, oh yeah, she's pregnant. Having that in my mind, I still don't hate Katherine Heigl from Knocked Up. <laughs> she, dude, she annoyed the fuck out of me in that movie. Yeah. And I don't normally get annoyed by people in movies, but like by the end of that film, I couldn't stand her. Couldn't stand her. I genuinely think it's just because Katherine Heigl is, um... She doesn't come off as nice. 
No, she doesn't. And even when she's acting, she doesn't. But the, the care, I, that's the thing with me is like, I realize, I, I don't think that I attribute the actor with the character. It's a, th- a thing about me. I don't know what, why. It's just like, you're playing, well, would, you're playing I mean, in a movie. Well, I mean, like, even in the movie, like, she just, mm-hmm. she never came off as likable to me in the movie. Hmm. That's all. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Interesting. I'll have to watch I it again. I heard that Ashton Kutcher movie. Remember that one with the, where they were married? When they ripped never. off Mr. and Mrs. Smith? The Killer. Killers, I think it's called, or something like that. Never it's saw It's literally it. a ripoff of Mr. and Mrs. Smith starring Ashton Kutcher and Katherine Heigl. And it is god-awful. It's not good. That sounds also, terrible. Grey's Anatomy is still in the air somehow. Is <laughs> she, still, is she still in it? Yeah. Oh, no. She got fired a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, she did. But yeah, man, I like this movie a lot. Let's get back to the movie. I feel like we went on some tangents. But, um... <laughs> I liked it, man. I I, I like the ending too. I, I think uh, we should probably talk about that. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one of those open-ended. Like Judd Apatow never. I don't think he's ever given an open-ended ending as this open-ended. Mm-hmm. It's normally like you know the end of the movie is like people either live happily ever after or they don't. But then obviously the lives move on after the screen, the credits roll. But the movie still feels done, you know? Yeah. And this movie, it's like it ended, and I was fine with where it ended. But I kind of would have liked a little more closure with his mom, a little more closure with um, the sister, with Bill Burr's character, and with the sister. Mm-hmm. Um, all we got was closure between him and his girlfriend, which I thought was odd because the main plot revolves around him and Bill Burr. Yeah. So I didn't really like that, and I felt like the movie had a bit of a identity crisis. Mm. Like it just didn't seem like it knew what kind of avenue to roll in. But I feel like that... I feel like his movies usually land in a certain sweet spot, you know. Like, it's like a perfect mixture of, like, heart and comedy. And this one I felt, for me personally, because I'm not, I mean, I'm not an overly serious person. And this movie was pretty serious. Um, but then at times, it would undercut its seriousness with, like, comedy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, eh. So sometimes I'll be taken out of the moment. Like, something really important would happen. But then I, I don't know if it was the way Pete Davis would act and deliver a line that would make me kind of be like, hmm, where I wasn't, like, Super, but it didn't happen very often, and it's not enough to, to like make me hate the movie or anything. But that's my only small complaints I would have. I, I, yeah, I wasn't a fan of the ending, but then it started to dawn on me, like, well, maybe this is just the um, d- depression. That's the idea of depression. It, you know, you have uh, seriousness and you have comedy, and it's all inter twining and i think maybe the whole point of the movie is to kind of have that architecture you know what i mean does that make any sense i feel like that's yeah. what i was saying and it didn't it's supposed yeah, to no, be it's supposed mean. to be erratic and i yes yeah, i think for me that didn't sometimes didn't work just because i mean there were times like the baseball game they all went to all the firefighters went to and stuff yeah and, like telling them or Pete's kind of telling them that they shouldn't have kids and like that scene for me, it was like, yeah, that's he's obviously very emotional about that. And he feels a certain way about it. And it's supposed to have a lot of impact because you can see in the face of the other firefighters that they're really like affected by what he's saying. Mm-hmm. But my problem was it was kind of funny the way he was delivering it. So I was kind of like, not chuckling, but like in the inside, I came like, hmm. but like, I shouldn't be because like he's having a very serious kind of quasi breakdown moment. Yeah. And it's- so that's where for me, it felt like the, not the pacing, but the um, the tone would just sometimes... And like you said, if that may be depression, I don't know. I'm not, I don't suffer from depression. Um, but for me, as somebody who's just a, somebody who doesn't suffer from depression, watching the movie, for me, it's like, I can't relate to somebody being that angry mm-hmm. and sad and still making jokes. Because when I'm personally, when I'm angry, like I just don't talk. Like I'm just, 
I just don't yeah. talk to anybody. Like, I don't make jokes about it. I mean, so I had a hard time um, staying engaged in the seriousness of that scene. Uh, I'm opposite on that. I think that scene was really impactful because that, like, as a comic, for, I mean, for me at least, that's how... Like, I get so angry, and I, I vocalize it a lot. I don't just kind of put it in. And it's like I try to make jokes so you can get that anger out and make it a palatable way for people to understand it. Yeah. And that I really identified with that. I'm like, wow, I not losing a dad, firefighter, I, I can't relate on that, but I can understand the anger because I felt that many times. And then, and then him breaking down and being like, wow, that's actually really funny. Like, uh, whatever the person said. I was like, oh, that's the joke. That's the funny part here. It's just like his anger is such a facade to hide his true feelings that he's lashing out, and then he dissolves completely. Even though like, that what they're saying is lighthearted and funny. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, it was such a perfect picture of what, you know, anxiety and depression and uh, just hiding feelings even though you're trying to be forward with it it's like anytime he's really trying to let his feelings out there he's still trying to mask it with that comedy so mm. it seems superficial so that's probably the reason people aren't taking him seriously even though it's like these are all cries for help and the only way i know how to do it so audience <laughs> i'm crying for help doing this podcast all right um <laughs> but yeah i mean i haven't slept in 30 hours ah <sighs> Yeah, I thought that was incredibly. And the scene, I, I want to talk about this too. Um, the first scene where they're talking about his dead dad or whatever, and they're making jokes about it, I immediately thought of Adam Deggy because mm. we all continually, I mean, we used to make jokes about it. And I think it's because we all just thought that's how he was trying to get over it and stuff. And it's mm. like, he would laugh along, but it really reminded me of this scene. And uh, it, it made me sad because it's like, you can see the pain in his face when he's yeah. like, you know, pretending to laugh along. And the only person that kind of, like, I started to tear up when his short friend, what's his name? T Tuco? What's his name? Like no, short... it's like Vinny or something like that, isn't it? Shorty? Oh, no, I, I just watched fucking. But when he, like, you know, goes in to hug him, like, he's the only one that's, you know, and the whole movie, I loved that character. Uh, the short guy. He was the only one. He gets the tattoo or whatever, and then he's like, "I regret being friends with you" because he started to tattoo Bill Burr's kid. Yeah. That I mean, his character was incredibly great. Igor. Igor. Yes, I knew it was something short. Um. There's that. I loved his character, and there's one more thing. I think this movie. I think the big difference between the new Judd Apatow movies and the old ones are that the side characters are not as memorable. You know what I mean? Like they're not out they're not like a Jay Baruchel or a Paul Rudd or a you know Seth Rogen from um 40 year old virgin. Uh they're not Mooge. I mean even that is like just it's so outlandish and out Did there. Mooge fucking murder his wife in real life? Probably. <laughs> like years ago or something. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I'm not making that up. That really happened. Shit stained like balls. Yeah. Can't watch. Isn't that a bow tie? I don't get a fuck house. <laughs> can't, can't watch that movie anymore. The shit stained balls. <laughs> he fucking, he so accentuates it. Like, you know what I mean? It's so great. Anyway, but. I don't get a fuck house. Sorry. <laughs> but yes, I mean, that, the side characters are like some of the best scenes. And then in this, it's like his dumb friend that gets shot. 
He, mm. The whole time he's fucking lame. The only one I like is the short one, uh, uh, Igor, with, mm. which is hilarious because his side character or his side thing is like um, he's getting catfished or whatever by this this girl, and it turns out she's real, which yeah. I I kind of predicted. I'm like that's gonna be the joke there, and uh, yeah, the other character can't remember, uh, and then the other girl. But yeah, I mean, it was like the side characters aren't as memorable as they were before. And I think that might be uh, intentional, maybe. I don't know. There's, It's just, it wasn't that funny. There were funny parts, but it wasn't that funny. So yeah, it kind of takes a backseat for me on that. But I mean, the message was great. The movie itself is great. If you go in not expecting a full-blown comedy. Do you think um, Pete Davidson will be nominated for any awards for this? Uh, probably not, based on when it came out. And I think the award season is going to be really fucked this year because of coronavirus. Um, he might get it, maybe. See, I think he will get it because of coronavirus, because a lot of movies didn't get released and aren't going to get released. Well, they are postponing the rulings, so until later this, or I think in January or February, if a movie comes out until December, I think, then they're pushing back everything a month. That's what I heard. So maybe, I mean, he might, if there's other movies that come out um, around award season, maybe. There's, like, no fucking movies this year. It's crazy. What, are they going to nominate Artemis Fowl? Come on. <laughs> you can nominate, uh, what's that movie? You've seen that Seth Rogen movie where he plays an old man who gets stuck in a vat of pickle juice for 100 years? No. What is that? He gets fought out in modern day, and he reconnects with his great-great-grandson who's also played by Seth Rogen. I've not heard this movie. Is this? I'll say you the trailer. It looks pretty good. It hasn't come out yet. No, it's like it comes out in August. It's like an independent film. Oh well, we're gonna have to do it for the pod. We got a lot of shit. Yeah. Hamilton next week, right? Yeah, I'm ready to watch it. We should do the pre right after this. Did we do a bold prediction? We did do a bold prediction. Yeah, I can't remember what mine is because it was so. Mine was that um, fuck. It was like he was gonna have a falling out. No, that's what we normally go with. Oh, I gotta remember. Wow. That sucks. We gotta write this down, man. I think every time someone listens to an episode, they need to tweet us or Facebook us. Nobody ever tells us when we forget what the bull prediction was. Nobody ever tells us what no, it was. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. All right, let's rate this sucker then. All right. You want I me to go, you go first? All right. I like this movie. I thought it was fun. I thought it had a lot of heart. I, it could have been funnier. That's the only thing that's kind of getting some downvotes for me. Is I wish it was funnier because it is a Jed Apatow movie starring two stand-up comedians, mm-hmm. so there should be some comedy in it. Like I get that it's like a you know it's a, a serious story, but you gotta lighten it up. You can't put Bill Burr and Pete Davidson in a movie and not give me more comedy than you did, Judd. <laughs> He's gonna hear this. <laughs> I'm gonna give. The, I liked it though. I will say, I like, I'm gonna give this movie. Uh, this is not a low score, despite the low score that I'm giving. <laughs> A 6.5. I really enjoyed it, but it didn't blow me away, and I'll probably never watch it again. Mm. So 6.5. Um, look both ways! Look both <laughs> ways! Out of 10. All right. I can hold on to that for a whole day, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm glad you remembered, because um, I didn't, and I just thought of mine. Uh, I'm going to give it... I think I liked it more than you. I kind of excused the fact that there weren't more jokes i was so enthralled with the movie itself i really enjoyed it but um i that is the thing looking back on it it's just like it 
I wanted more comedy, I guess. I wanted more funny things. And that's the thing, too, is, like, some of the jokes that were in it were very stale, and they landed flat. Yeah. Um, like, you know, Igor having the fucking girl that was catfishing him, and she's real. It's just, it's very predictable. I saw it coming a mile away. And they and also it, downplayed it too much. Like, yeah. I feel like they didn't put enough emphasis on it for it to actually have an impact. Exactly. And that's the problem is, like, you know, it, it's, like, it's almost... I don't know. That's the thing, too, with, like, a Judd Apatow movie usually has a lot of improv and mm. this one did not feel like that at all so it's like mm. a streamlined here we go there's no line rama kind of thing and it's like i guess i'm fine with that but at the same time it's like that's what makes it funny i'm fine with watching a two and a half hour judd apatow movie because i'm going to be laughing a lot along the way this one it seemed like it was still two hours and 17 minutes or whatever but it's just it seems like it cut a lot of that comedy out and therefore some of the punchlines that could have happened landed very flat so that's for me uh i'm still gonna give it a seven i'm gonna give it a seven uh hey look both ways that's the wife because they both said it (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) pamela adlin adlon whatever hey where can the kids find you this weekend um i i'm just editing i have a i have have an album i'm editing for for me so that's coming out of um coronavirus stuff Hmm. i'll be sitting in my living room still um yeah yeah so that was it right yeah that's it i'm mike logan i'm garrett elzinga and that that was was good. good